0: Turns the corner at the 21st down, breaks a tackle at the 25, breaks another at the 30, and is loose! Gets the carry, and he's loose! Inside the 50-40 to the 30-20-10, touchdown! Hello, hello, let's go. It's your man, Flip Mozzie. Thank you for spending 15 minutes with me today. Gonna start this podcast full transparency on the programming and topic. This podcast, 15 minutes with Flip, between full statistical breakdown on Wednesdays, full preview on Fridays. So it's meant to be flexible. That's why you're gonna hear the content flow and pace of this podcast jump around from week to week. This week, only one thing needs to be discussed. Pretty obvious to me. We can't have any discussion about the long-term goals of the Minnesota Vikings to win the Super Bowl. We just can't talk about any of it without talking quarterback. Now, it's Thursday morning. Most of the Kirk Cousins takes are out. So if you're sick of them, turn the podcast off. Goodbye. If you're still listening, thank you and buckle up. Over the past days, there's been a lot of talk about shared blame, somewhat legitimate, football's a team sport, 21-16 team loss against the Green Bay Packers. You can hardly ever point one finger. So we see takes regarding the scheme, the play calling, that Minnesota should have run the ball in the red zone late in the fourth quarter. We see takes regarding the offensive line pressure, Bradbury struggles, the question marks at offensive guard. We even began to see takes on Stefan Diggs, results based crap that he didn't have a clean game. Okay, it's all worth pointing out. Now let me point something out. Kirk Cousins chose Minnesota. He decided to come here, he could have chased more money in New York or gone to Denver or Arizona. He picked this team because this team has expectations. This team had the look of a contender, a team looking to win multiple games and compete for a championship. This is professional football. I hope we have expectations. I hope that people on the outside say, boy, they better be good this year or else. Is that pressure? Yeah. But we're professionals. We're living a dream and we should have pressure on us. And there should be expectations. Those are Kirk's words, not mine a great defense, strong running game, coaches with heavy experience, and a fully invested ownership group. A team that's going to be in the spotlight, in big games, trying to win it all. Athletes live for these moments. Down by five in the fourth quarter against a divisional rival on the road, and in that moment, the moment he wanted, he blew it. So asking Kirk to come from behind, to compliment the run game, to overcome a bad offensive line, that's child's play for a quarterback who chose, wanted these moments. Kirk didn't come here to be the same guy he was in Washington, he came here to be something more. That's why we expect, and will continue to expect, a playoff appearance for this team, an NFC North division crown for this team, and a run at the Super Bowl for this team. The stakes are high. The people hating on Kirk right now, they aren't worried about this week, Oakland Raiders, or even Chicago, or New York the week after that. Dr. Eric Eager did a great job of breaking down where the Vikings are in the NFC right now. Eighth place, smack dab in the middle and behind several teams that started the season hot. The people asking questions of Kirk, they don't stress about the small games. The next three won't prove anything. They look at the big ones against prime opponents and in prime time: Philadelphia, Kansas City, Dallas, Seattle versus Green Bay on Thursday night football. Sunday night football twice, Monday night football twice. These are the games, six to seven games, that will be key for Kirk Cousins. And what does he need to do in those games? He needs to show up. That doesn't mean win or lose. I'm not going to put all of the game on him, but he needs to show up. We shouldn't expect Minnesota to shift to more of a run-heavy scheme, or have a defense carry him, or demand perfect offensive line play. That's why Kirk is here, to prove himself. Not to prove what others can do around him, but to prove what he can do. Right now, we can't even expect the turnovers. Fumbles and stupid interceptions, we can't even expect them to go away. So what we need from Kirk is three things. First, we need consistent accuracy. You know what, I'm fine with those forced throws, interceptions like the two to Diggs last week. I'm fine with them if Kirk Cousins makes more of the routine plays. He can throw that late interception if he doesn't miss Thielen on three separate third downs. He can allow those sack fumbles when he's hitting open Stephon Diggs in stride. The Vikings have Diggs, Thielen, Cook, Rudolph, so many weapons. There's an open man on every play, but when Kirk is off, he doesn't make the good plays to make up for the bad ones. Second, he needs to find that open man. Kirk just hasn't been working through the progressions to find the plus matchups. There's open guys out there, look at the Atlanta game. Kirk stayed in the pocket, in the face of pressure to find the open receivers, deliver the strikes consistently. Now there's pressure and that pressure forces him away from that. It doesn't force Kirk to move through the progression quicker, it forces him to stay on his first or second guy, which is the wrong move. That's what leads to his mistakes. Kirk's first interception this last Sunday, perfect example of this. Timing wrecked the throw to Diggs on the shallow cross. Now Kirk could have moved on, and found Kyle Rudolph but instead, when the pressure came, he decided he didn't have time for the next guy and forced the ball into digs into quadruple coverage. Turnover when there was a man wide open five yards away. Finally, Kirk needs some fucking intestinal fortitude. When the going gets tough, Kirk falls apart. It's what separates him from the great quarterbacks in this league. We saw it against Green Bay in 2018, when he came back. We didn't see it this year in week two. Minnesota passed on all 13 third downs, converting just four of them. It's so rare to see Kirk shake off the rust from a bad start. Buffalo last year, bad start, bad finish. Seattle, bad start, and he blew it late. Chicago, bad start, nothing got better. Sunday, bad start, then he vomits on the ball and throws it to Kevin King. That is not normal. And that's not what Rick and Zim signed up for. Most professional quarterbacks have stints of good and bad play. Most have the guts to overcome a shaky start and define the game, not let the game define them. Inspire their team with at least effort even when they don't have the quality. Last week, Carson Wentz, Going into the fourth quarter Sunday night against the Falcons, he was 12-for-25 with a 3.8 yards per attempt. Then he went 9-for-9 on a 73-yard touchdown drive to take the lead. Aaron Rodgers in week one, not the same quarterback and up against the tough Bears defense. Outside of his touchdown drive, he went 14-for-26 with 4.9 yards attempt but he went 4-for-4 on the scoring drive. It's okay for Kirk to struggle if he can come up with a big moment at the end. And it's okay for Kirk to be anti-clutch if he can avoid consistent struggles. But he cannot do both. He can't consistently miss and fail in high-pressure moments. It's simply unacceptable. Kirk needs better accuracy, better reads, and a stomach for the fight. One clear message throughout Minnesota's entire 2019 offseason was their effort to improve the offense. Our Vikings made this plan, revamping the offensive line, drafting offense with the first four picks, getting new potential weapons in Irv Smith and Alex Madison. Bringing in Gary Kubiak, creating the new offensive scheme with Kevin Stefanski to increase play action, move the pocket more, and run the ball. So what did all these changes mean? Why did Minnesota pursue them? One thing that's common in every single offensive change, they made an effort to make life easier on Kirk Cousins, both literally and figuratively. You sign Josh Klein and Garrett Bradbury to give Kirk Cousins more time in the pocket. You install more quarterback rollouts to get him away from pressure because he struggles mightily when under duress. You draft Alex Madison. You create a more run-heavy scheme so that you're not depending on Kirk to make 40 throws a game. The staffs look good and prop up Kirk as a volume passer, but the wins and losses don't. Kirk wins more when you're running play action, when you're relying on him for short, efficient bursts. And finally, most importantly, you don't draft a quarterback. You don't keep a guy like Kyle Sloter because you're trying to clear Kirk's mental runway. The Vikings have given Kirk Cousins zero competition at quarterback because competition adds pressure. And their goal has always been to decrease the amount of pressure on Kirk. And for a time, I thought that was the right course of action. For a quarterback that struggles in big game situations, in important contests on prime time. It makes sense to decrease the amount of high pressure situation he's in, and to simplify the scheme to fit his strengths. Or that's what I thought until Sunday. That's when Kirk Cousins made it clear that he'll fail even in low-pressure situations. He'll fail even when the defense produces 11 stops in a row, even when the run game produces 7.2 yards per carry and a 50% success rate. Kirk Cousins can't consistently thrive in low-pressure situations. He can only produce in no-pressure situations, and no-pressure situations don't exist in the NFL. If he's not going to perform in this environment, there are no excuses. Competition and consequences are needed. The pressure needs to ramp back up internally. That's the price for continued failure. If we can't get success by eliminating pressure, then we need to make him live in that pressure. I am so sick of Mike Zimmer caping for this guy. This week, Zimmer said, Kirk had an up-and-down game, and we have full confidence in him going forward. Are you fucking kidding me? That's crap. Can you imagine if Anthony Barr or Xavier Rhodes had such a poor game? Zimmer would be all over them, publicly. So pressure point number one, give Kirk Cousins the Case Keenum treatment. No matter how well Case Keenum played, no matter how many times he drove our team down the field, despite multiple successful games and wins, Zimmer never gave Keenum that vote of confidence. And it led Keenum to play better. He rose to the occasion, knowing he could be benched at any moment. Enough of hiding Kirk from the presser. It's a pointless exercise. We need to make Kirk step up in the face of pressure. Sink or swim, cousins. I wish we had a quarterback who Kirk is worth benching for. I'm not talking about actually benching him, but I mean vocally expressing what we all know. This season, 2019, or never for Kirk. Sean Mannion ain't gonna cut it. I don't think Kyle Sloter was the right guy either. I mean a guy who's gonna make Kirk Cousins pee his pants after every bad decision he makes. Now, there are a lot of fans out there who are already done with Kirk Cousins. So this segment is for them. We're simply going to walk through every quarterback starting today through the end of Kirk Cousins' contract. That could possibly be an answer to at least put pressure on Kirk Cousins. Pressure point number two, a 2020 quarterback. We start with 2020 because the 2019 options just really aren't realistic. Guys available in a trade would have to be acquired before the games that matter, the games that we're judging Kirk on, actually happen. I don't think most fans want us to make a trade for like a Ryan Tannehill or a Josh Rosen. And even if they did, those are going to be really expensive second or third round picks. And the price could go up because teams, many teams, are quarterback starved right now. With Ben Rosselsberger and Nick Foles out for the year, Drew Brees out for six weeks. Honestly, the best chance to get a backup would be to thump Oakland in week three, hope they continue to lose, and trade for Mike Glennon. That's how dire the situation would have to be. The current free agent market is even worse unless you want to unretire Mark Sanchez or dig up Brock Osweiler. It's not happening. So we go beyond 2019. For 2020, if you're done with Kirk, you get a competent quarterback to compete for the starting job. You do not wait until his contract runs out before you start the quarterback search. You start as soon as you know he's not the guy. Now, even the 2020 free agent quarterback list is terrifying. There's four main groups here the old elites, Tom Brady, Drew Brees, Philip Rivers, the old averages, Josh McCown, Case Keenum, Ryan Tannehill, the bargain bin that includes, let's be honest, Case Keenum again, Nick Mullins, and Blake Bortles. Then you have the most intriguing set of quarterbacks, Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota and teddy bridgewater man y'all this right here is why having a franchise quarterback is so important for everything not just talent or win probability or popularity but franchise health and fan health i'm not ready to have another kirk first teddy debate and neither are you And I don't have any desire to see Jameis Winston or Marcus Mariota in purple either. I should be looking at plane flights to Minneapolis in January right now. Instead, I'm looking at a bunch of sour-ass quarterbacks. And that's why I hate Kirk Cousins. These thoughts about the next guy shouldn't have even entered our minds. Instead, I'm doing an entire podcast about it. If you want a quarterback competition in 2020 for our Minnesota Vikings, just close your eyes and imagine Kirk Cousins and Eli Manning alternating snaps in training camp. Dream about how the name Mariota and Horn Sarah would look stretched across his back. Or dive into the 2020 draft prospects. If Minnesota chooses to show a sense of urgency at the QB position, it'll be expensive. Even if they draft a guy, drafting a quarterback, the most desirable of the quarterback options is also the most expensive. Because Minnesota should not be waiting for the mid-rounds to replace Kirk Cousins if they chose to go that route. Pat Mahomes cost two first-round picks and a third-rounder. Lamar Jackson cost two second-round picks and a fourth-rounder. Carson Wentz cost two first round picks, a second, a third, and a fourth rounder. Jared Goff cost two first round picks, two second round picks, and two third round picks. Top 2020 draft prospects, we've got Tua Tagovailoa from Alabama, Justin Herbert from Oregon, Jake Fromm from Georgia, and Jordan Love from Utah State. And with that, I've pretty much covered every quarterback name that should be on your list, If you're done with Kirk Cousins, let me know who you think I missed. Kirk Cousins, he should bounce back from Sunday in Green Bay. We expect him to. This Vikings team should make the 2019 playoffs, but continued failures at quarterback cannot be ignored. You'll notice I haven't mentioned Kirk's contract until now. $84 million, big fucking whoop. It's the least of our concerns. Shouldn't affect how we view our quarterback, for better or for worse. The point is going forward his play is what matters and if it's time to move on then every possible avenue should be searched because it's the most important position for our favorite football team. The next big moment for Kirk could come at any time and we'll be watching but if it doesn't come in this week or the next week it'll definitely come October 13th against the Philadelphia Eagles. So that's the next big game that matters for Kirk Cousins. Now let me wrap by making one more thing clear. We are right here as fans for Sunday against Oakland for the rest of 2019, for 2020, for 2050, for 2080. You name the year, the fan base is going nowhere. We're finding the path forward. So until next time, y'all, skull bikes.